Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 71 of The Yacking Show. This is where we talk about life, business, and more, and we try and bring you tips and ideas for the changing world we're living in today. As always, we have an interesting lineup of guests. Today's guest is no exception, and she's going to talk about life, certainly, and I've given the game away by saying she, and that's not my job. So the first thing I've got to do is to welcome my co-host, Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. How are you on this beautiful, brilliant, sunny day with snow in Ontario? Well, it's absolutely spectacular looking out there. I'll take it any day. So hello, Peter. How are you to do, doing today? Like you, enjoying sunshine and uh, the, the glare off the snow is really good. <laughs> uh, well, thank you all so much for tuning in. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So do please keep them coming. And if anyone out there is interested in becoming a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And please go ahead and subscribe to this YouTube channel so that you can get the lowdown on our next um, upcoming shows. So as Peter said, we do have a, a special guest with us today. Her name is Alexandria Goodall. And my goodness, she really is an extraordinary young woman. And what an inspiration to all young people. So welcome, Alexandria. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so Alexandria is a nurse, she's a writer, she's a world traveler, she's an avid runner, and she has written a book, already a book, can you believe, entitled So This Is Life. So Alexandria, can you please tell our audience a little bit more about your adventures and what led you to writing this incredible book? Yes, for sure. So before I get into my adventures, this book was kind of the start of that adventure for me. I started writing it when I was in high school. Oh. I was in my final year. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like forever ago, but it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just felt kind of like anyone in high school, you are trapped. You don't really know where you're going with your life. And you have this feeling of just uncertainty. Um, and for me, like anyone, you need outlets in life, and writing just kind of turned into that. I started just writing a little notepad, and then I ended up reading to a few friends, and uh, then my mother, who was actually suffering from a concussion at the time, so she was at home and had nothing really to do because you're just supposed to, you know, sit around. You can't have a lot of uh, sensory components going on, so I would read to her, and that kind of started this idea of a potential for a book. Um, I hated, I actually hated English throughout all of high school, but once I started doing this, I find if I was doing it not for work and more for a love and a passion, then I could take it anywhere. And now it's published, which is so exciting. Well done, well done. We're going to get more into your book and your adventures in a moment, but I picked up on when you yeah. said you were a runner. And as you can see from that picture behind me there, I did a fair bit of running yes. when I was, I was a little younger, or a lot younger, yeah. a lot younger. Um, so I, I know what happens when you get the running bug. I actually wrote a blog post about that. Okay. So tell us about some of your most memorable runs and, uh, and why you run. So my first, the first big run is always a big one for you. Um, so I was actually traveling out east. I did a road trip out there and I uh, was at a writer's retreat for a week outside of St. John's. And 
I was in my second year of college or going into my second year and I thought my life's starting soon. And you kind of think of what's important to you when you kind of hit that moment in life. And I thought about what my passions were and what I wanted to achieve. And I've always been kind of an athlete in field hockey and snowboarding and different stuff, but I've never been a really good athlete at one thing. And I used to be a good runner when I was a kid. So I thought, let's pick up running again. So when I was out there, I said, I'm signing up for when I get back at the end of the summer, I'm going to be trained and ready to go. So that was obviously a very monumental run for me. Uh, a really cool run. This is more of an accidental run. Um, I was in Ireland and I thought I'd go for a run. He runs along the countryside of this place I've been staying at. And I kind of knew the area, enough to get by, but my phone was on airplane mode because I wasn't using my dad or anything. So I was kind of going about as I could find my path. And I ended up doing a half, a half marathon by accident because I got completely <laughs> lost. <laughs> but I found my way back. <laughs> but two, laters, two hours later, my host that I've been staying with, like, we're about to go call the police or figure out something because usually my runs are less than an hour. But I found my way back, so it was an adventure. <laughs> oh, that's good. I know someone else who likes the back lanes and country roads of Ireland. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, um, you mentioned Ireland. I think our internet may be a little bit iffy at some spots because yeah. it was um, cutting out a little bit. But you had just mentioned Ireland, and of course, I, I fell in love with Ireland Oh, years ago, and it is my my dream place. It really is. But tell us a bit more about the places that you've traveled, and more importantly, what you've learned through those travels. Yeah, um, hmm, that's a big question because there's a lot of different. But um, so going back to that trip, so last summer I had graduated from nursing school, and again I was kind of at a point where life was coming at me and I had to make all these big decisions like getting a job and figuring out where I was going to live in the future. And I thought before I do any real life things, I want to go on a big trip. So I went to Ireland, Scotland and Iceland. Um, I did with a program called work away. So you basically, um, sign up with this account on work away and you get free stay in food and you work on, whatever the place that you may be hosted at. So in Ireland, for example, I did an animal sanctuary. Um, mm. And they had donkeys, horses, goats, cats, all sorts, a tortoise, uh, <laughs> and huge gardens. So it wasn't even work. I mean, I was, I was shoveling manure for part of it, but I was with the horses, so it was okay. <laughs> um, but when I was there on that trip specifically, I realized that in order to find yourself, sometimes you have to go to unfamiliar environments. And I actually did most of that trip on my own. So I didn't know anybody and I didn't know my environment. So it's interesting to see how you react to things when you don't have any influences that have led you to the person you are today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I definitely encourage young people, if you ever have the opportunity before you, if you're struggling to figure out who you are, go in an environment that's completely outside of your comfort zone and see what comes up. But that trip was very monumental for me in that sense and for my writing. Yeah. So, so good. just to add to that, so how is it the isolation or is it just being immersed in nature or a different environment? What was it about those trips that sort of gave you this insight into yourself or enlightenment? What was it exactly? 
Yeah, um, I would say a lot of it is cultural. Uh Um, So in that case, I was living with uh, a couple and she was working as a PSW and he was um, in horticulture. Uh, He was a teacher. Now this Um, is Ireland? Yeah, this is Ireland. And um, she was a vegan um, because of her support for uh, animals, obviously they have an animal sanctuary that they did on their own time had no funding, they raised, they did this whole sanctuary themselves. Um, but you learned a lot about Irish culture, very similar to Canadian culture, but I think they're even more so spirited and outgoing, but very kind people still. But you learn all these different things about people. I was staying while I was there, there was an Italian lady, she was in her 50s, she decided she was gonna leave her family for three weeks and go off and do this adventure on her own which I found super interesting because you think at your, when you're in your fifties, you have yourself figured out, you want to go to things with your family, but she was still in that stage or she wanted to relive that in a sense. But I learned about Italian culture. We had pasta almost every night, homemade, which is super good. But yeah, you learn so many different things about people by actually living and being there with them. Uh, you learn so much about different cultures and you kind of bring that into your own lifestyle too. And you take bits and pieces that you like mm. from that. Yeah. And I think it's really good that you find this out at your age. Um, I led a very conditioned life because I spent most of my life in Africa. And it took me, after many ups and downs, to my late 60s to get to the stage you're talking about. And I took myself off for two weeks last year and went on a long walk in Europe all by myself and in a totally different culture where I didn't know anyone. And it was wonderful. And uh, it made me think, wow, I wished I'd been able to do this in my 20s instead of having to wait till my 60s. So you've told us about Ireland. Um, What were the big differences between Ireland, Scotland and Iceland? Were there significant differences? Um... So Scotland, I actually did uh, two weeks by myself. Uh, I was helping a a couple of grandparents. Their grandkids were coming over, so I was helping with babysitting. Mm -hmm. So that was a completely different experience. It was a four- and two-year-old. But cultural-wise, I'd say they're a little bit more, not sophisticated, but you get that English kind of brought up into Scotland almost, and you feel that when you're there. Um, But again, lovely people one of the best experiences i've ever had we they would take me out to theater there was a huge um theater festival going at the time i forget what it was called oh the fringe anyways oh Uh, that was edinburgh yes edinburgh yeah yeah and they took me out to some different festivals and stuff and they're a very catholic family um and the one show that we ended up going to was just this i think it was about sexuality and all these different things i'm sitting there with these two grandparents (laughs) their son's girlfriend is on stage talking about um all these guys that she's hooking up with it's just a very funny but they loved it and they thought it was hilarious but it's just kind of interesting to see that side of them but you learn so and they had a huge family so i got to meet a lot of them which was also very i think i learned a lot about family on that trip and it was kind of uh funny how that happened because right after that I ended up doing two weeks driving around Scotland with my dad uh which was really really neat and we've never done a big trip together so it was kind Mm -hmm. of a good one-on-one time for us that's so interesting that you did it by yourself when you went to Europe I did. I, um, well, I'll tell you very quickly. It's this show's yeah. not about me, it's about you. But I'd had a goal for, I used to run marathons, as I said, and ultra marathons. And then okay. I, had a, I had a heart attack a while back, but I'd stopped running because I messed my knees up from running too, too many mm-hmm. marathons. 
and a couple of years ago, I wanted a big goal, and um, I decided I wanted to go and do the Camino de Santiago, and I didn't have time to do the whole 500 or 1,000 kilometers from the French side, so I did 250 from the, on the Portuguese side. That was wonderful, and I'd recommend it to anybody for, as an experience. And I wasn't the youngest. I was 69, and I came across a lady of 84 who walked 120 kilometers. Oh, yeah, so it was good. Anyway, this show is not about me. It's about you, but I'm trying to reinforce <laughs> what you've been saying to all those, all our listeners and viewers. Don't put it off, you know, don't put it off. Just go and have an adventure when you can. I've been talking too much. Back to Kathleen. <laughs> Alexandria, let's delve a little bit more into your book and what yeah. you might gain from reading your book. Yeah, um, so like I said, it's funny looking back reading my book now. I'm actually in the process. I'm almost done the second book because 2020 has brought to light a bunch of, I mean, it's a huge outlet for whether you're going through depression or, or mental health or coming through things and seeing the other side. I find the best things come out of the worst times in your life. And now seeing the other side of 2020 and all the things that we've accomplished, whether it's together as a community or as an individual. And um, again, my book that I already have out, um, was kind of the after effects of me in high school and looking back and reading it. Now I look back at some of the stuff and think, Oh, why did I write that? Or why is that in there? But then I think that was what I was feeling in the moment. And that's what my readers can relate to because mm -hmm. a lot of people are still going through that. Right. But, uh, yeah, my book, it was an outlet for my entire life. So it goes through a bunch of different things. I talk about um, mental health. I talk about uh, relationships, whether that's with uh, a partner or friendships. Uh, I talk about family. Um, here, I actually have my book here. I'll just show you a couple chapters that I have the mm -hmm. title to help us get an insight of what. Why don't you um, hold it up, Alexandria? Hold up the book. Hold, hold it up. Audience can see yeah, it. Yeah, very good. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me see this in the chapters because those are good insights to what, yeah, I talk about the unknown. I call it the hypothetical. So going into, uh, again, in high school, you don't know what you're going into or what life's going to look like on the other side and kind of working through that. And again, in college or any stage of life, we never know what's going to go on or happen. And we're always stuck on this what if factor. But I've realized throughout my book when it's called So This Is Life and it has three dots at the end. You'd think when you pick it up, oh, I'm going to be able to figure out what my life is after this mm -hmm. book. But at the end, I tell people the dot, dot, dot is because none of us really know and oh. may never know. We may find our own version of it, but there's really no reason why, should, why we should be defining it. We need to just be living it. And that's kind of what my whole idea is behind all the books that I think I've been writing. Uh, yeah. That's my goodness. Well, yeah. it, it's, it's really incredible that you've been able to achieve this. At your age, really, mm. because a lot of people search their entire life for the meaning of, of why they are put on this planet, right? But it, it, you're right, it is an ongoing search for all of us. So um, kudos to you for having yeah. written this book. And I just want to switch gears a little bit. Uh, yeah. Perhaps you can tell our listeners, like, because we have a worldwide audience. Um, mm. What exactly is the Terry Fox Foundation? And you actually participate in one of the runs. So let's start with what is the Terry Fox Foundation? Okay. So uh, for anyone that's not Canadian, um, 
Terry Fox is a young man. He was 21 at the time when he ran it. It was in 1980. Uh, and he had suffered from cancer. He actually lost one of his legs to cancer. And he decided he wanted to fight for a cure or at least awareness of cancer. Uh, so he said that he was gonna run all across Canada. He started in St. John's and I wanna say it was around 150 days that he ran. And he would do at least half a marathon, marathon a day. It was incredible. And on one leg, he trained for, he used to be a basketball player. Uh, so he had some athletic blood in him, but he just set his mind onto training and he did it. He got to Thunder Bay before uh, they found out that the cancer had spread again and he passed away. Um, but his message lives on today. Every year uh, in September, we do a big run and he has millions uh, of dollars put towards cancer research. And it goes to show that no matter what age, or how long it may have been, a legacy can live on forever. And his definitely did that. And Canadians still see that today. Um, but more recently, I decided when COVID happened, I usually um, train for some sort of run every year. And with COVID, we can't participate in huge groups. So I thought I'd make up my own run. And I've always done Terry Fox here or there and I always liked they every year they come up with a different video about him and I've always been inspired by his story just as a writer and young person and I thought I'd do some sort of fundraising so I ended up uh, running from air to Port Dover over the course of five days it was about I want to say 17 kilometers on average a day um, and I had different themes every day. I also love the 80s. So I had an 80s costume day. I did a day where I was um, dedicating to healthcare heroes as well. That was my favorite day. So I wore scrubs uh, and I was running in Brantford that day. And I met up with uh, a police officer and a fire truck at the beginning of Brantford. And they escorted me on the roads of Brantford. So I was running behind the police car. All the sirens were going. Everyone was looking at me. <laughs> I felt like Terry Fox for a second there because every, it was one of the most amazing moments of my life, probably. Um, and they drove me up to the Brantford Hospital where we stopped. I had uh, told them to come outside and I was going to do a little speech. And the CEO was there to greet me. And then I did a little something about healthcare heroes because as a nurse, I really appreciate what whether it's frontline workers, I mean, you could be working a grocery store, a farmer, whatever it may be, whoever's contributing during COVID, which is really all of us, you should be appreciated. And especially if on a personal level with healthcare workers, I wanted to show that appreciation to the Brantford Hospital. So we had our sirens, we showed up there and I gave a little speech and we sang, oh, Canada get together to dedicate to Terry Fox. And then I went along to finish my run that day. But that was I'm surprised I didn't put that in my first answer with the running and my favorite runs, but that was a very big day for me. But the whole run was an amazing experience. Good, good. And I've got to tell you that um, when the Terry Fox run first started in the 80s, I was living in South Africa and okay. I, I, I have a whole pile of running medals somewhere. And I know there's at least one Terry Fox run medal in one of those that uh, we did them either 15K or half marathons in South Africa during that yep. period as well. Yeah. Uh, so his name got around the world. That's very yep. good. That's good. 
Uh, we're going to ask you how people can get hold of you in a moment, but I want to go back to Iceland, if I may. Uh, Iceland is one country I haven't been to. I haven't been to Ireland either. I've been to Scotland and England many times. But um, we hear a lot of stories about Iceland that it's quite different. It's Scandinavian. Um, What were your impressions of Iceland? Iceland, I would describe it as Mars. It's one of these places, it's so unknown, and I find all the people there are not alien but it's almost as if they haven't developed a culture yet because everyone goes there and everyone, I found the people, there wasn't a lot of locals that I met. And if they were, they were very different and peculiar. But if I did meet someone, I found half of them either had worked on like a cruise ship around there or had been traveling and just decided to live there. Um, Yeah, it's a very different culture. And also the landscape, you're driving for one minute and you're seeing completely flat, um, farmland and the next year in a mountain and it's snowing mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. the most surreal place I've ever been to and I I don't know if I'll ever go back but it's just one of those places that I would say you have to go to right. it's just so different yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds very different yeah it is but <laughs> so breathtaking there's so many hikes and if you love nature it is an amazing place to go I ended up um doing it with a friend of mine and we uh, had a tent at the top of our car. So you just pop it up every night and they didn't have a lot of rules on uh, camping. So you could, if you, as long as you found a side road, you could just pop up a tent and that's your spot for the night. Yeah. And uh, hot water on tap just about around every corner, right? Oh yes. I went (laughs) to the famous blue lagoon one that all the tourists go to. Um, But yeah, really neat. Yeah. yeah, must be quite different. Back to Kathleen. So, Alexandria, how do people get a hold of your book and of you as well? Yeah, so I have a website uh, called So This Is Life. And I also am on Instagram and Facebook under Alexandria Goodall. Um, you can email me. I have all my contact information on there. And my book's actually on Amazon. Uh, for ordering. So you can go call it to do so this is life dot 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 with my name on it and I'll show up. Yeah. That's good. And bef- before we end, we got a couple of minutes left. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- what's next? I got to ask you what comes next? You've done a lot. <laughs> so what's coming up next? Um, I've been thinking about that lately, actually. But next, I would really like to get this next book out there. Um, spoiler kind of into the book. Uh, it's called So This Is 2020. I wanted my next book to be, so this is life too, with T-O-O, it's kind of a pun, Mm -hmm. but I thought that the 2020 was more appropriate for right now, and it'll really catch the eye of a lot of people, because it is about 2020, and specifically my 2020, but I think with anyone right now, we're all going through some, whoever I've talked to, there's been something going on in everyone's life, and I think no matter what, we can all relate to each other, Um, so definitely the book, I'm hoping this spring, but we'll see. and just really focusing on keeping a balance. I find COVID has been kind of our Noah's Ark moment, going to like a biblical kind of look at it. But I think it's uh, the world's way of kind of telling us to just slow down and learn to appreciate things again. Uh, and it's kind of been this huge wave that's just kind of come in and hit us. And we just kind of need to step back and realize what's important and to kind of find beauty and the simplicity of things in life. And that's what I want to focus on. Mm, very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> Big answer. <Thank> you. 
No, that's great. You know, and I, I've got to tell you very quickly that <clears throat> my oldest son <clears throat> did something a little bit like you did. Um, this was in South Africa, and he, I wanted to send him to university, and he said, "Dad, yeah. I don't want to, don't want to waste your money because I have no idea what I want to do." Mm-hmm. So he, I had my own business. He worked for me for a while, and at the age of about eighteen, I guess, I put him in a car and I sent him three countries north to supervise some deals in Africa that I was okay. organizing. And I said, "They're going to give you a hard time at the border because you're young," and they did. And I said, yeah. "Keep your cool." And when he yeah. got back, this was like a three or four week trip. Um, when he got back, he said, you know, that, that was the best, well, years later, sorry, years later, he said, that was the best education you could ever have given me. <laughs> so, uh, it, like you, it opened his eyes to all sorts of things. Anyway, that's <laughs> enough, enough from me. So I'm going to hand it back to Kathleen. Okay. Well, I think we're out of time, Peter. So we are. Alexandria, thank you again so much. What an inspiring young woman you are, truly, truly. And um, thank you for being a guest on our show. We so appreciate having you today. And, and of course, we appreciate all of you for tuning in. And if anybody out there is interested in becoming a guest on our show, please do not hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And if you want um, the lowdown on the next show, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.